good morning, good evening, good afternoon. It's actually afternoon, so I don't even know why I said good morning. Welcome to That's Not a Bag of Trash. Um, it has been a hot minute because Chrissy and I live in the real world where we have this real job that actually requires us to work and we don't get to talk about true crime um, all the time. So, um, yeah, so I also had two stories. Like, I, I've been prepping a podcast for a while, um, and I had two stories I was going to tell. So I'm going to tell Chrissy about the Elisa Lamb case. Um, she's not familiar. I'm going to try to record with her, but I'm also going to record, record myself just saying it, and then she might have to listen to it because um, she's on vacation this week, So and I want to get this out. So, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into Elisa Lamb. All right, so jumping right in, the Elisa Lamb case. So I originally heard about this case um, around the time that this happened because I saw the video footage and it was just so bizarre. Um, and it's still so bizarre to me. So we are going back to LA in 2013. Elisa is staying at a super shady hotel right near Skid Row. Um, she doesn't call her family for a few days, which is not very typical of her, and they start to get really worried. So three weeks later, guests at the Cecil Hotel begin to complain of a water issue. They're saying that it tastes weird, it smells weird, it just something is off with the water. So a maintenance worker goes to the roof and discovers in one of the body tanks the naked body of Elisa Lamb. Which is, like, every time I hear this, I just literally want to throw up thinking about if I was a guest at this hotel during that time. Like, you cannot wash that out. You know what I mean? Like, crazy. Just crazy. All right. So, I'm going to do some background about the Cecil Hotel. So, I think I love this story because the hotel is just, like, has some crazy history. And I'm going to give, like, almost all the credit. I mean, I got a bunch of stuff from... Um, Murderpedia, but a lot of it is actually from some Netflix document documentaries um, that they were kind of like highlighting the hotel. Um, so I think Netflix did one. I want to say Discovery did one as well. Um, and then the Ghost, oh my gosh, I think it's Ghost Adventures um, explored the Cecil Hotel. So it was built in 1924. It's a was a destination for businessmen and tourists. And it comes with, like, if you actually, all right, so first let me back up. If you were to look up this hotel and see inside, you probably would think that it's, like, kind of nice. So it has this, like, opulent marble lobby with stained glass window. <laughs> it's so funny, I'm reading my notes. Um, and you, it says, this is a place you'd pick online and arrive to horror. In horror. <laughs> so true. So five years after opening, um, the Great Depression plagued the U.S., um, so the hotel did begin to flourish again in the 1940s and then came its decline. So due to Skid Row being populated with thousands, which is tens of thousands of homeless people within a four mile radius. Um, and they just live. So I um, worked briefly in California and I remember going around to LA and even parts of Orange County and was just shocked and saddened about the just sheer amounts of homeless people that just lived in like cities basically um 
and in places that you just wouldn't expect but this is just a complete side note so this is like really what caused a lot of the demise to anything that was built in this area um so in 2007 part of the hotel was refurbished in 2011 it was they decided that they needed to you know attract more business so they decided to rebrand it so um in 2011 it was rebranded as stay on main which is where elisa was staying so it was a separate lobby but had a shared elevator which comes into play later so in 2017 the lease was acquired by Barron development and they planned on doing a complete revamp of the hotel of the hotel and then it um it's actually been closed down since 2017. um so this was voted to be a historic cultural monument which makes i'm sure renovating this place a nightmare just because all the red tape you have to get through to do anything to it um so the next section is what i call what the fuck happened here like what is up with this hotel so the first suicide occurred in 1927 and it was um percy ormond cook and he shot himself in his hotel room in 1931 W.K. Norton died after taking poison capsules. More suicides occurred in the 40s and 50s. And it's actually nicknamed as the suicide, as 13 suicides have taken place over there over the years. Which is insane. 13 in one hotel. So then I had some notorious murders occur here. Or it had, like, it was tied into some notorious murders, I'll say that. So we'll start with Elizabeth Short, who is better known as the Black Dahlia. So she was seen drinking here days before her murder. So this has been disputed whether she was actually seen here or not, or if it was a hotel across the street. But for now, I'll just leave it in because that's what what was reported at the time. Um, In 1964, there was a long-term resident. So some people who lived here were what you call a long-term resident. Um, And her name was Pigeon Goldie Osgood. And I just hate even saying this, but she was raped, stabbed, beaten, and her room was ransacked. And her case to this day remains unsolved. In the 1980s, killer Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. the Night Stalker, stayed at the Cecil for weeks. And it is said that he was there while he was committing his crimes. Now another sidebar, because I'm obsessed with Netflix, if you get to watch the Night Stalker, Oh gosh, it's just like, he is chilling. So I have two serial killers that really, um, I don't know, just they're tough for me to look at. Something about them is very unnerving. So Richard Ramirez, is he unnerves me in a, in a certain way. And so he you can hear him talking in this. It's, um, it's kind of reenactments. It's working with the police who are involved in his case. And it's just insane. I couldn't even imagine living in L.A. the time that he was at large. Um, okay. And then I'll just, I guess I'll tell you who the second one is. The second one, which I just watched another special on because I'm sick in the head, is John Wayne Gacy. I think it's because, um, he molested boys and like most of them were younger, like in their teens, early twenties and just, and he was just such an odd person and just, I feel like he truly somehow believes he didn't do these, um, like to the day he died. So, um, and he, I just watched a whole thing on him on Discover or Discovery Plus, and it was 
again, it was very fascinating, but also just very disturbing just because his, his demeanor is very different than Richard Ramirez, where he is just very calm and normal. And yeah, you would totally want to go have a beer with him. So anyway, moving on. So the next one, this is a really bizarre case. So he is an Austrian. He, his name was Jack Unterweger, which I could completely be saying wrong. He traveled to L.A. under the ruse that he is writing a story about Skid Row and the prostitution issue. So he actually did ride-alongs with the LAPD. And they basically introduced him to people who were in the street. He would interview them and just find out, you know, how they got there, what happened, all that stuff. And then he goes on to murder three sex workers. Um... So based on all of that, that's quite a bit, um, people believe that the Cecil is haunted and or it's cursed. So we're going to talk about Elisa Lam. She was born to immigrants from Hong Kong. She was a student at the University of British Columbia. She traveled from British Columbia to LA via Amtrak and buses. So she spent some time in San Diego. Uh, she went to the zoo and then she arrived in LA on January 26th. Um, after two days, she checked into the Cecil. So originally she was in a shared room. This was part of like that newly branded hotel that I mentioned earlier. And it kind of catered to like college age travelers. Um, kind of like, like I think of it as like, like in Europe where they have all those hotels, um, which I completely am hostels. Sorry. I just completely was at a loss for words for that word. It's reminded me like of a hostel type of thing where you could share a room and it's just like young people. So, but after a few days, her roommates were complaining that she had some odd behavior. So what this odd behavior was, was things that she would leave weird notes on the beds of her bunkmates, like get out or just really odd things that were making them very uncomfortable. So on January 28th, she was moved into her own private room. So while Lam was in LA, she contacted her parents every single day and she was scheduled to leave the Cecil and travel up the coast on February 1st, 2013. I have a typo, but she never checked in with her family and they became worried. They called LAPD and then they flew to LA to help search for her. All right. So the staff who saw Lam the day she disappears said she was alone. She went to the last bookstore in LA, bought gifts for her family. She spoke to the manager there about books she was buying for the family. Um, police searched the hotel and her room, including the rooftop with dogs. They did not search every room at this time because they did not have probable cause that a crime had been committed. So February 15th. So this is weeks later. Um, this is about three weeks later. A tape is released, which is the last known sighting of Elisa. She's in an elevator, making really odd moves and gestures. She presses every button, leaves, returns, and finally leaves for good. She almost appears to be hiding from someone or something, but no one is seen in the hallway. Um, so there's some theories from this video. One is that she's being chased. So when you're first watching it, it does look like she's being chased because she's kind of poking her head out to look like if someone's there. The second one is that she's just on drugs. Um, and like her movements are very erratic. Like she just looks very odd, like she's on something. And the third one is that she's having a psychotic episode due to her bipolar disorder. 
Um, okay, so after Lamb was found on the 19th of February, 19 days later, they ruled it an accidental drowning. She was found naked, but had no recreational drugs, but did have low dose, I'm sorry, low levels of her medication. Like very low, which suggests that she was actually under medicating. So my theory in this case has always been that it was an accidental um, drowning or suicide. Um, I think that she was having some kind of breakdown. And honestly, I didn't realize that she had these mental problems until I watched these specials. But um, I, it just seemed like I don't know how someone would get her into how someone would get someone into a water tank without being seen. Um, so, yeah. So I think that she either, again, that she was like trying to panic, she, I'm sorry, she was attempting suicide or was just having like a little bit of a mental lapse, got into the water tank for whatever reason. Um, and then as she was treading water, was starting to panic and decided that she needed to, you know, shed some weight, which means that you would just take, you know, she'd have to take off all of her clothes because they'd be like weighing her down and she'd be getting tired. So, um... Okay, so there are a few films that it's been compared to. So the circumstances of her death are compared to the plot elements of a 2005 horror film, Dark Water. I've actually never seen that one, um, but it's actually an American remake of an earlier Japanese film, also called Dark Water. So the premise is that a mother and daughter move into a rundown apartment building, a dysfunctional elevator, and discovered water gushing from the building's faucets eventually lead them to building's rooftop water tank where they discover the body of a girl who'd been reporting missing from the building a year earlier okay so um let's see they also have um an abc series castle they had an episode called watershed Let's see, so they find a young woman dead in a rooftop water tank of the Cedric Hotel in Manhattan. Um, there's a surveillance of a woman taken in an elevator, and she was found to be posing as a sex worker in order to investigate another guest at the hotel. So this actually reminds me of a cross between the two cases. And then how to get with, oh my gosh, I cannot speak today. How to get away with murder had a similar storyline. Um in season one. So I actually started that show and I like immediately was like, I've seen this case before. Um, so yeah, let's see. I'm just skipping down. This is just other shows that they've. Da, 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 da. Sorry. Okay. So yeah, the shows that I watched that were, um, that I can credit for all this information is Discovery Plus, um, did a Ghost Adventures which investigated Lamb's death in a two-hour special. And then Netflix did um, a docuseries called Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil, Cecil Hotel. Um, so another reason that this case always seemed interesting to me was that um, her family didn't fight um, the autopsy report. So they believed that she died in an accidental drowning. So I think that when you see some interviews with her sister, you know, she did have um, a lot of mental health issues. And if she was not taking her medication, the way that she was acting in this footage was pretty true to life for how she would act. 
Um, so I know I just, I kind of, you know, that was a quick summary on the Elisa Lamb trial, not trial, oh my gosh, the Elisa Lamb story. And I'm just so curious what everyone thinks. And if you've seen it, if you haven't seen it, you have to um, check out one of these documentaries or even go on YouTube and look for the elevator. Like I almost suggest starting with looking at the elevator footage and just see what you think. Like what does she look to be doing? Is she running from something? Um, so yeah, but again, it's it seems pretty clear with what her the autopsy suggests that her medication was just too low and she was just having some kind of psychotic um, break. So yeah, that's the crazy story of Elisa Lamb. And next week, or maybe later this week, I might drop a bonus episode. I am going to talk with Chrissy, because she should be home by then, um, about an another show that I watched. I've been getting all of my inspiration from uh, TV shows, but the next one is about, um, it's, of course, I forget the woman's last name. It's um, the murder of... Is it Barbara Beach? Now I'm actually mixing up my names. It is, I'm sorry, I don't know why I said beach. It's Barbara Hamburg um, because it happened at Middle Beach. So that is what I'm going to talk about with Chrissy as well. And again, this one is another one where watch this HBO special. Um, it is insane. The, there's so much that goes into the story. Um, so yeah, yeah, please, please, please check it out. And um, it's actually done by the son of the victim, which is just so sad. And he's just so smart. And I hope that he finds closure and is able to solve um, his mother's murder. All right, that is it. Thank you, everybody. Bye.